Welcome to 6-Minute Stories, where you hear the writing of new voices and experienced writers whose submissions appear in the anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Now in Season 6, you will hear stories from our seventh collection, Twists and Turns. Find links to 6-Minute Stories and to the Personal Story Publishing Project at randalljones.com. Everybody loves a good story. We hope you enjoy this one. This story is read by the author. Confessions of an Ex-Poetry Editor by Ruth Moose You don't sign on with a new little magazine, maybe any little magazine, expecting to be paid. Little magazines struggle from day one, go under in weeks and months. Figure it's an experience under your belt, and or maybe giving back to your profession. Plus, it will add some credibility to your curriculum vita. Not a bad thing. And besides, you have a hole in your life this adventure might help fill. After a long marriage, my husband had just died. A five-year illness filled with hospitals, doctor's visits, treatments, all. Depression followed, and dealing with mountain-sized grief. Teaching three days a week, student papers kept me sane, but weekends were another story I had time to fill. So I signed on with the Village Rambler, a two-person masthead, Dave as publisher, photographer, and interviewer, Elizabeth, editor, ink on both their MFA degrees from Boston College still wet. They were young and fun, and the Village Rambler was a dream on their kitchen table two blocks away from me. I could walk over once a week, or Dave would bring me a handful of poems, and I'd pick one or two. I'd take the rest back for Elizabeth to tuck in a rejection note and return. The Rambler had no ads, and I referred to it as the Daughter of the Sun, a long-established, left-ring sort of publication of Sy Safransky in Chapel Hill that had national recognition. Dave's first interview and photographs were of a renowned potter in Chatham County. Nicely done. And Elizabeth tucked in a poem I had chosen, presented it beautifully full page, plus filled in a shorter poem at the end of an article on the local and just-established arts council. Around town, the Rambler was sold from a stand in the village soda shop and a local eatery. I don't know how many copies were sold or how many subscribers there were. All I did was read the poems submitted. And what surprised me was how many good poets there are out there. Poets I had never read nor heard of. And I like to think I read widely and well. By now, the Rambler offices had moved to the upper floor of a historic hotel in downtown Pittsburgh, and every Friday afternoon, I'd pop in, pick up the week's submissions for my Sunday night reading. Every Sunday night, I'd get in pajamas, pillows against the headboard, poems surrounded me. Submissions had picked up mightily since Elizabeth listed the Rambler, with some writer's sites as well as Writer's Digest Market Guide and Yearbook. 
Now I've got at least two large brown paper grocery bags stacked full of poems. Poems from every corner of the universe, mostly places I'd never heard of, countries I didn't know existed. The Rambler, now picking up status, had an intern who opened envelopes, removed cover letters, paperclipped them behind the submitted poems, and stacked them for my pickup. This hands-on work let me leap right into the poems, and if I saw something I liked, I'd read the cover letters. Most publications I'd never heard of, but was delighted to know that in Podunk, Illinois, there was such and such a publication that maybe a lot of arts councils were funding literary magazines. This was cheering, because at one point, through a local arts council, I had edited a little magazine, the URE Review. And I'm sure 99% of the world never heard of it, but I published some good poetry and gave a lot of fledgling poets a place to get their work into print and maybe into the hands of readers, other poets. I had a couple of challenges with Elizabeth. When I'd run into a friend whose poem I had accepted for the Rambler, only to have it returned a few days later, with a nice letter saying it would not be published. No explanation. Well, I certainly wanted one, and quickly got in touch with Elizabeth, who said she, as editor, had the right to overrule my choices. I was stung. We had obvious differences in poetry taste, but I did ask her to let me know before she overruled me. I certainly didn't like being put in the middle and having to apologize when I ran into someone who had submitted to the Rambler. The next challenge came when Elizabeth called to tell me they would not run a poem I had just accepted called The Gospel According to Elvis. Why ever not? She explained the Rambler's policy not to run religious material. I nearly dropped the phone laughing. Read the poem again and call me back. The poem was a spoof. Very funny and full of puns and plays on words. I loved it. She called me back, but not laughing. She said she would run the Elvis poem, but it would be against her better judgment. I had to insist she run the Elvis poem. A few months later, after the issue had been out a week or so and got around a bit, she called me again. Can you find us another poem like the Elvis one? I laughed. Said I'd love to, but it didn't work that way. The Elvis poet even submitted again, and none of these poems were accepted. They just didn't seem to hit the mark the way the Elvis one had. One night, several years into my job as poetry editor, I read a poem that made me think of something else I'd read by this poet. I flipped back to the cover letter. He wrote, Thank you for the $25 check for my poem, so-and-so-and-so, which you ran in whatever issue. I read it again. Again? What? The Rambler was paying poets 
but not the poetry editor? Well, we'll see about that. Monday morning, arming myself with restrained animosity, I stood at Elizabeth's desk and quietly presented my case. Of course, writers should be paid, but shouldn't poetry editors be paid as well? It was honorable work, but work nevertheless. She said she and Dave had never paid themselves a salary, but since I asked, they would take my position into consideration. A few days later, she called to say I would be paid, but it wouldn't be much and it would not be retroactive. It wasn't. And what I began to be paid was true, as she said, not much. But I did continue as poetry editor until the magazine was discontinued. Dave and Elizabeth moved to another area, had a baby, then another, and I've lost touch. I don't think the Village Rambler ever made any money. There were never any ads, and subscribers must have been scant. Most little magazines are a labor of love. And I did love reading some really good poetry and wish the Rambler could have published more and paid more poets and poetry editor alike. Copyright 2022, Ruth Moose. Ruth Moose was on the creative writing faculty at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, for 15 years. She has published three collections of short stories, The Wreath Ribbon Quilt, Dreaming in Color, and Neighbors and Other Strangers, with individual stories and numerous publications, including in Holland, South Africa, England, and Denmark. Moose has published six collections of poetry, most recently The Librarian and Other Poems, and Tea. She received a McDowell Fellowship, a North Carolina Artist Fellowship, and a prestigious Chapman Award for teaching. Her most recent novel, The Goings-On at Glen Arbor Acres, is from St. Andrews University Press, a small press 50 years old in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Her novel, Doing It at the Dixie Dew, her first novel, won the Malice Domestic Prize for a first traditional mystery and was published by St. Martin's Press in 2014 with a sequel, Wedding Bell Blues, in 2016. Ruth lives in Albemarle, North Carolina, where she grew up and where her sons and families live. Thank you for listening to another Six Minute Story. You can read them all in the seven anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Find the link to our online store at randalljones.com. That's R-A-N-D-E-L-L jones.com. There you can learn about submitting your own story for consideration for our next personal story publishing project. And remember, everybody loves a good story.